Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Mylene, born in Davao, Philippines, adopted and raised in Ottawa, Canada. And I'm Jazzy, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Halo Halo podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And Mylene and I are podcasting from the traditional unceded territory of the Algonquin and Anishinaabeg people. On today's podcast, we discuss wellness accounts we follow on Instagram and activist self-care. But before we do that, we have a returning guest on today's episode. Welcome back, Mylene. We're so thrilled to have you back on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm so thrilled I get to see you virtually this time. For those listeners that haven't listened to episode 207, download it. Can you briefly remind us where you were born, where you grew up and where you locate yourself today? Yes. So I was born in Davao, Philippines. When I was about four years old, I was adopted by my tita and brought to Canada. So I've been living in Ottawa most of my life and moving around here and there and all different places. I actually went back to the Philippines and lived there for a year. And now I am in Ottawa, waiting to see if I will be moving to California. <laughs> oh. Well, we discussed this last year, right? So right. last time you and I were actually podcasting, I was actually podcasting with you while I was in the Philippines. So that yes. was, and then of course the pandemic hit and things have changed. Yes. Yeah. So tell us about that just a little bit. Yeah. I actually want to note that today is technically the one year anniversary of pandemic. (laughs) Yes. Happy isolation and quarantine living, right? Absolutely. Observance, March 11th. Yeah. It is quite odd. I know that this episode drops in April, but it is quite odd thinking about it's been a year long since then. And been just over a year since you and I had talked. And I remember Uh the minute we stopped recording, I said to you right away, oh, Sigs is going to be so jealous about this. (laughs) (laughs) I was. And he sent me like the file after and I'm listening. I'm like, oh, this is such good information. But I think things have changed and I love listening to your story and you're talking about your time in the Philippines and actually listeners too. Mylene is the one that created our logo Mm. for uh, the Hello Hello podcast and that's why we've connected. But again, tell us what you've been up to and work-wise what you've been doing. Oh my goodness. So I'm definitely very privileged to still have been working throughout this whole pandemic and Because of the field that I'm in and the industry that I'm in, which is digital media marketing, I have gotten a lot more work helping people set up their websites, basically helping them grow their business through this pandemic. And on top of that, starting like a new nonprofit called In Our Tongues, it's a reading and art series showcasing Black, Indigenous, and people of color primarily it's the first one in Ottawa that was like mm. that wow. and just more recently actually teaming up with two top content creators in Ottawa female identifying as Ottawa's first all women of color content creation and production company it's amazing <laughs> that's amazing that is so amazing <laughs> 
How did you yeah. meet them? How did you guys come together? And uh, Yeah, so we are under the umbrella Firegrove Studio. And I feel like the three of us knew each other just online. You know how the mm. world is now. Yes, yes. <laughs> We're like um, knew each other's work and feel like it was more the thirst for and the craving for a shared experience in this industry is obviously primarily white male dominated. Mm -hmm. And we work on set a lot. We work in this, whether it's photography or video, and we just realize that there isn't a space that is for us or (laughs) has really made us feel welcome in it. Right. (laughs) Sorry, I was just going to say that. And so it sounds like you guys came together, like obviously recognize the commonality, but what is amazing in what you've just said is, is that you've claimed yourselves, like you claimed area for yourselves. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And to really be owning that, to be like, this is, we're as talented as some of the other people out there who might be, charging more and like not having to fight for that to be like we are deserving just as as much as they are for equal pay for equal work you know that's amazing (laughs) can I test out a hypothesis or maybe Mm -hmm. it's not a hypothesis that I'm testing maybe I'm just looking for just kind of corroboration here because you're in a can I call it a BIPOC space is that kind of what Mm -hmm. because you're in a BIPOC space do you find that you then walk into the space and you don't have to do all of the navigation that I would normally think that one has to do when you enter in a primarily white space? Oh, yeah. It's a whole different feeling. I feel like I don't have to put my mask and my wall up. Like right. that I'm going wow. in there with like this warrior armor to yeah. be like, here I am and kind of let my defense down when I'm in a space of people who look like me and have similar experiences, right? right so right. definitely, definitely yeah. one of the things we focus a lot on joy. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. maybe if we were going into different spaces, it would be more like, okay, let's brace ourselves for the microaggressions or whatever that might look like. <laughs> yeah, I did wonder I'm that. Sure you know. I, I did wonder that. I mean, like the importance of BIPOC spaces or self spaces like this is, is, is that you then don't have the weight or the burden of having to navigate bias, unconscious bias, racism, and any of these isms and stuff like that. And so, and the fact that you get to concentrate on things like joy instead of competition Thanks. or capitalism or whatever the case may be. That's fantastic. That's so fantastic, <laughs> Mylene. I'm so glad that you have founded this space or created and owned this space altogether. Thank you. I actually didn't think that if you look back at your lives 10 years you know, prior, you would never think that this is something that you would have to do. But once you've sort of realized that and understood why, you're like, of course I would want a space like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're both spaces of refuge And Uh also, we're going to talk about this later on, self-care is what Uh I would also say too. I mean, in some ways, I think that this is why Siggy and I have started this podcast is is that we wanted a space on the podcast landscape so that it's like something to call our own and not have to explain it through a white lens or, you know, know, through anything like that. And so we get to go on and we get to both feel like we're Filipino Canadians and not have to explain ourselves to anyone or anything outside of that context or that knowledge. 
much and stuff. Even further, we get to connect with people and network with people like you, for instance, that <laughs> shares the same lens. I do like the fact that you focus on joy. I think people forget, you know, want to have to find a job that, you know, where you want to be happy and be able to grow. It's like you that mandate's there without mm. being like heavy on the uh-huh. shoulders, like Kuya Jazz said. So that, that's so nice to hear. Thank you. And I'm so, so grateful for both of you to be able to have this space where I'm like, like they get it. <laughs> well, a, I love that we can get it. Like that's important. Mm-hmm. B, I love hearing your voice on this podcast. And C, people oh. need to hear your voice and your story. Like I think our debrief from last year, last season afterwards was like, we need my lean on, right? Again. Oh. Because, oh, yeah. because I time. think what's really special is, and this is what we're also finding with other guests that have come on, is their immigration story is unique oh. and individual. Uh-huh. And And there is like a whole book series or a trilogy of stories to be told. And I think that there's more to unpack, like there's more onions. Like I'm just excited about like when you get to California, like what you will find there and what is like being Philippinex in California going to be. And then it'll be like compare and contrast and it'll be like, tell me all about it. I can't wait to hear, right? So I'm so excited for you to kind of get on that adventure and stuff like that. So you'll have to kind of Instagram all of that. I trust you're going to Instagram all of of that when you do that adventure. Yeah. So speaking of Instagram, that is kind of a little bit of our topic. So listeners, what I did was I tasked Mylene as well as Siggy to tell us today a little bit about their wellness accounts. I follow quite a few. I picked one and I think Mylene and Siggy have both picked one. So Sigs, like I want to start off with you first in terms okay. of a wellness account. Which wellness account do you follow? And tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's so interesting. Whatever. I follow a few accounts, often since working from home and sitting at a desk. I go to two, and this is, I'm just talking about them really, Dr. Jordan Weber and Roger Fampton, just for stretching, like stretching mm. exercises. But since 2020 and Everything that's been happening socially in the United States and in Canada, pay more attention to accounts that focus on mental health. And one that sticks in my mind is Dr. Thera Panay, mm-hmm. and it's on Instagram, the Dr. Thera Panay. And it's all about decolonizing mental health. And it's a wellness space that connects therapists and innovative mental health resources, empowers people to learn about Filipino, Filipina, Filipinex, mental health, well-being, and building a community. What I like about this account, and I reposted it on our account, is just the posts are simple slides, mm-hmm. with, like with thought-provoking, evocative ideas, like this is how we heal. The next slide is like, we notice the emotion, be with the uncertainty. It's almost very palatable. And it has that little Philippinex edge or whatever, talking about stereotypes or little themes. And sometimes it could be something so small as taking time out, or they're sharing resources like books that we've read, reflecting about your feelings and thoughts and just great resources that we've shared and discussed on our podcast. And I know that a lot of other people have heard about it and other people. Dr. Therapine, I just, it, it really strikes me just also being Filipino too. Very interesting about mental health. Yeah, I follow that mm-hmm. account as well on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It is like my Canva self-care. Like, so for anyone out there that uses Canva. <laughs> it is Canva self-care. It totally it's my is. Canva, you know, it's totally my Canva self-care. But I'll tell you what I really appreciate about Dr. Therapine is is that you are right. It is about kind of talking about decolonizing mental health. But I think that Dr. Therapine also has made me realize how our mental health is displaced and dispossessed. And so when I think about decolonization these days, it's like, what has been displaced in my mind? 
mind? What has been dispossessed? And then how do you bring that back in? Like, how do you bring back what you want into your life? I think that that's what I appreciated about those, their posts and stuff like that. Mylene, I know you follow Dr. Therapinet too. Is that- I do. Yeah. yeah I was like <laughs> nodding. Like, you don't see me. I'm like nodding my head. I'm like, yep, yep. Like, I love that account. What do you love about that account? <laughs> the simplicity. And also just a few go from a full feed reflection of seeing how clean it is. Like that, that's kind of like, exactly. oh, it's so clean. Very straight to the point, simple. And just like, you know, one of those little pop-up reminders that you need, it's just like shows up. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but it kind of shows up right when you need it. Like you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with current events and stuff, like, oh, yeah, they're talking about that. And, you know, especially since recently of, like, Angela Quinto, what's going on and talking about grief and stuff. So, yeah, I agree with you. It just pops up where you need it. Uh Listeners, we'll put that all in our show notes and our links so that you can check out Dr. Therapinet. The one that I do follow and that I wanted to kind of highlight in today's podcast, it's a recent one. It is Mm -hmm. Superhuman by Will Dasovich. So Mm -hmm. anyone that follows Will Dasovich, he is just this happy-go-lucky Filipino American guy that grew up in Southern California and then started traveling and started vlogging. And part of his notoriety actually was in the Philippines, catching up with his hijinks of trying to learn Tagalog. And it's so funny, after many years, he actually speaks Tagalog quite fluently. Yeah, Yeah. but but he speaks it with such American flair that it's very, (laughs) he doesn't even try to kind of add, like, you know, and it is just funny because he has this kind of puckish type of quality. So he's like that younger brother that annoys you and says like, you know, can't hit me. I'm not touching you type of thing. Right. And so he plays that kind of game or he'll go, oh, my God, that smells terrible. Here, smell it. And it's like, no, thank you. No, no, no. You got to smell it. Like he insists on it. And he's just constantly laughing. And I think people gravitate to his lifestyle vlog. But what was really interesting a couple of years ago, he was actually diagnosed with cancer and he vlogged all of that. And I think that this is when I started to pay attention to him because I noticed an existential shift in him, of course. And I think when you get that type of scare in your life, it really makes you think about what's important. So recently, he just launched a podcast called Superhuman, where he really talks about, in his way, some of the things that are important in terms of life and making decisions about that and really kind of putting aside fame, status, or whatever the case may be. And It's interesting because he's a millennial at the end of the day, and he just has a different approach to understanding what's important in life. And I think it's actually great because I think he speaks to millennials in a way that I think other generations speaking to millennials or Gen Z people wouldn't necessarily hear. And I think it becomes palatable that way. So Uh then at the same time, he balances out with pranks and fun and him constantly bugging his mother on a number of different things. I don't know if you you guys have ever seen Will Dasovich on uh, on YouTube or anything like that. He's super funny with his mom and it's just bugging him like, mom, where's the Wallace? Like the the, the broom (laughs) and all this stuff. And and she's like, what? What do you want? He's just a happy guy. And I think you're right, Kuya. Like he has a different outlook after being very sick and he just looks like he's up for fun and he just seems like this really bright, fun guy. Yeah. What I also noted too was this is that I think he decided to do this because in some of his vlogs, there have been times that he's actually been quite vulnerable and quite authentic. And so, and some of his vlogging buddies have like, oh, you're going to cry. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to cry. 
cry. Or his girlfriend says, yaka, right? You know, and it's like, yes, I'm going to cry. And doesn't care about it. And then really gets authentic. He doesn't claim to have all the answers, but he speaks from a particular place of truth where it's like, this is what I think the truth is today. It's a really wonderful podcast on wellness with respect to personal development. And so I very much appreciate it. I would say that what I've listened to so far, I think very much impresses me. I think then you need to follow it up with something funny on his regular vlog channels. And then, you know, it'll kind of add that balance and stuff nice. like that. Check it out. That's Will Dasovich's super. Yeah, I'm going to follow up. Check it out. Okay. And then just watch him tease his mother. You know, oh it's just, it's so hilarious. Funny. But the best part is his mother saying outright in Tagalog, and then it's all subtitled. And she says, like, my son is an idiot. It's <laughs> what she says <laughs> half the time. She's like, you know, stop bugging me and you're such an idiot, right? And then he just like laughs at off and like again he's like a puck or like he's a mischievous elf and stuff like that so anyways <laughs> oh my goodness Mylene how about so what great. do you follow in terms of wellness oh yeah okay well I have a few but I will share this one that's my favorite it's the mm. nap ministry mm. so the nap ministry I'm sure you might have heard about but specifically because I am a huge napper I probably nap <laughs> like at least once a day. Like we're talking about self-care here. This is a a thing that I've been doing for as long as I could remember. Mm -hmm. And I just love the fact that it's rest. It's like rest as a form of resistance to colonial mentality Mm -hmm. and like the capitalist structures. So yeah, so she really just makes you remember that we're not here necessarily to like grind and hustle for the man mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. you're you're like you're entitled to rest and mm. you should rest and you deserve the rest you know i was just like when i found this account i was like oh this is speaking to me like i've been napping my whole life <laughs> <laughs> It is very true, like how we are made to feel guilty if we need to take a nap. But I always Uh think to myself, a nap, doesn't it mean that our body's telling us to rest, to pause in a lot of ways, right? So, and isn't it great that we get in this particular account, it's normalizing it and is challenging it. Like I never thought of it that way as challenging kind of like that Puritanism that Protestant work ethic analysis, uh-huh. you know, where it's like you, you just got to like constantly work with no rest or anything like that. I mean, there's reasons why there are like labor laws that say, you know, you should only work so many hours and you should be entitled to at least compensation past that. And there's an absolute maximum to the uh-huh. number of hours you work. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is becoming a little bit more of a undefined line or not as clear because everyone's working from home. So how do you stop people from working? <laughs> mm. I find that's true. Like, and, and so listeners, what you don't know is, is that we're doing this over Zoom today. And so we can see each other's faces. It's so wonderful to see each other's faces today, <laughs> yeah. as, as we talk. And this chair that I sit in is my quote unquote work chair. And then when I get out of it, I'm not working in this chair, right? Like I'm not Mm -hmm. working anymore. Michael is set out in the dining room. And so on the weekends now, we're trying to put away everything. Like, so it's a makeshift desk that we've had. And then, so I put away the desk and Michael's always like, you know, oh, it's too much work. And I'm like, no, let's do it because I think it's better for our mental Uh health. There is importance like having rest away, time away from work. I think Uh you're right. I think the pandemic makes it that much more harder to 
differentiate between work and home and rest for that matter. Uh How do do you guys kind of make the separation? I'm very curious. The not going to my chair, definitely. Like things are a little bit kind of all up in the air right now for me still, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely trying to... Like I have a timer on my phone that like shuts nice. itself off mm-hmm. and knowing like, okay, after a certain time I'm not working or I'm not going to sit in my work chair. Sometimes I do work from bed though. So I don't really necessarily like separate my work from my bed. Some people might be like, oh, that's really terrible. You shouldn't do that. But I'm like, I can sit here and work and still go to sleep and be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's blocking off that time, right? Like blocking it off and saying, no, from here on out, my phone's off or I'm not actually going to turn on my computer until X in the morning. Right. Usually it's X. Before I started teaching, I'm teaching this four-week course right now. And before that, I wouldn't actually start working until about 10. Mm-hmm. So, But now I'm like, now I have to like, it's not any earlier. It's 9 a.m. So I get up a little bit earlier to like get all my slides and stuff prepared for teaching. But yeah. No, I think that the consistency always helps too. If you can get yourself started at nine, if you can get yourself ending at five or whatever the time may be, uh-huh. and then just trying to stick to it as much as possible. I think the other thing that at least Michael and I do is, is, is that after I have my morning coffee, the first thing he asks is, is like, when's dinner? <laughs> And then I have to, and then it's very similar pre pandemic because what he would do is he would say to me, Okay, I'm going to be picking you up at 5 30. So none of this like one last email things. If I'm not standing at the corner that we've agreed upon, he's allowed to give me heck. Like he really is allowed to give me, he, he, and he has, he has said like, you kept me waiting. And I'm like, I, I know, I know. Was some emergency occurring? And I was like, no. And so it's like, well, then you kept me waiting. You, you broke your promise. Think of him as my next appointment for life is the way I kind of think about it. So when he asks me what time is dinner, I say, okay, it's going to be at 5.45 today or it's going to be at 6.15 today or it's going to be at 6 o'clock today. He holds me to it. (laughs) So he's a great accountability partner, a great accountability buddy that way. Ziggs, what about you? How do you kind of like demarcate these boundaries and stuff like that? So, you know, I work usually eight to four and then four o'clock usually I'm like, I'm right off and I'm making dinner or I'm getting the kids and stuff. But just recently, and I think my lean, like today, because it was sunny, I actually like took a lunch. Like I went upstairs. My wife and I took all like our furniture for our porch. And we're like, mm. ah. And my wife's like, we're wearing sweatshirts. I'm like, we are. <laughs> we're just enjoying it. But now that the chair's out there, I can take time. But I, this is horrible. I have this paranoid feeling if I step away from my computer, like I'm going to miss a task. Something happens at lunch. Like, oh, we need this. And I'm like, nothing's going to happen. Like I am steps away. I, I'm set up downstairs. My wife's upstairs in the loft with our offices. I'm like, nothing's going to happen. And I have MS teams on my phone. So if someone really needed me, so today I was just like, no, I was like, look at you. I'm like, look at me. I'm mm-hmm. sitting on the front porch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like a quick lunch and I don't have to do that. I think it's just that little bit like the church and state's married because we're working from home and nothing else is going to happen. We can easily deal with it. We're here and we're available, but really when four o'clock runs, I'm always like, have a good day, folks. And then I'm off, You're off. getting dinner ready or like running around with the kids and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm able to really like detract from that. But that lunchtime thing always gets me, is something going to be happening? Is something going to be due? But I'm like, nothing's going to happen. I'm so paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it's probably kind of what you were talking about earlier, Mylene, that whole capitalistic structures, 
Puritan Protestant work ethic that makes uh-huh. us believe you must be doing something bad if you're not working and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And so and like right down to napping, like a bodily need that you know we're oh, we yeah. should be allowed to nap. And I remember reading about this. I don't know. I think it was a decade ago that the University of Buffalo had nap rooms for people because they, oh they're primarily a, they're a com- primarily a commuter school, right? So uh-huh. Like I think something like seventy percent of their students commute oh, right. to, to it, and uh-huh. they have nap rooms. And I just thought. That's a genius. Like, I kept thinking to myself, Sigs, when we were at Western, like, our nap rooms was a residence hall. Like, so, like, <laughs> pretty we, much. Like, I would run the back to Soggy, yeah. yeah, or the staff room, and like, I'd literally go to Soggy Maitland Hall, lie down in my bed, and then I would go to my next class and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, when you think about it, it's like, why don't we have more naps in the day? You know, in, in <laughs> yeah, ways. exactly. Yeah. Oh, it'd be so much happier. Mylena, if I'm reading this correctly, I think you also have another link that you wanted to profile yeah. too, or another wellness account. Oh, that yeah. So, Nedra Tawab. Mm. So her account is great. It's a little bit lengthier. It's similar to Dr. Therapinai, but um, the posts are, are a lot more in-depth and like very good reminders of in setting intentions, mm. boundaries, very positive-based, a lot of familial things, so familial-related right. content. And, and it always just makes me stop to like read, okay, you know, these are 10 things that you need to know today or 10 ways to set your attention or Mm. normalize this. And I'm like, yes, Mm. I needed that right now. I needed that like reassurance or affirmation because some of these things I know, but to see them, read them back out loud, you're like, okay, I got this. I remember now. (laughs) Right. It is amazing how we do need reminders. Our brains Uh are so focused and this world can bombard us with so much stuff that we do need these reminders. And I think that this is probably the genius sometimes of Instagram is is, is that used in this way, if I just had like an Instagram account just (laughs) on wellness, it's like, oh, don't forget to breathe deeply Uh or don't forget to plan with intention or savor what you're eating right now, you know? And I think to myself, Uh oh yes, like don't we need these reminders and stuff like that? Again, because this world is filled with information overload. Now, I have to say that all these wellness accounts are all about us trying to be our best selves. And I, and I know that the, the three of us here on this podcast, that that's what we're constantly trying to do is to try to become better versions of ourselves. I'm working on Jesse 4.0. So you might be <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm that old, right? But either way, I just think to myself, we're all trying to be our best selves. And I think to myself that being our best selves, that's really about self-care. And we had talked about that recently last month in February, especially in episode 310.5, where we talked about that to be an ally, to be the best way to be an ally was actually to be our best selves. And we do that through self-care. And I know, Mylene, when I look at your account, like you do lots of self-care stuff. I know you probably (laughs) might not think of it as your account as a wellness account, but I certainly do think it. You'll make mention of like, you know, appreciate the day or something like that. And I'm like, yes, I need to appreciate (laughs) the day. I really do. Right. It is like, just pause and appreciate the day. Even if it was a busy day, it's like appreciate the busyness or appreciate that it was a contemplative day. Oh, thank you. I definitely did not think of that. No, we we totally, our eyes are on you. Like even like when you're walking in the woods or even like I'm skateboarding today. 
Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to take a rest. I can do this. It's inspirational. Yeah, I, I agree with Jesse on this. Yeah. You know, what we really want to ask you, and I know that maybe you don't think of your account as a wellness account, but underneath all of it, there is a lot of self-care. That's certainly the feelings and the intentions that I get that you're sharing with the world and sharing in the public realm. Uh-huh. I want to know what your definition of self-care Uh Thank you. Um, I would say that my definition of self-care is being mindful of the way that your body, mind, and spirit speak to you and, Mm -hmm. and tell you what they need. So like you had mentioned before, Jesse, is just we are constantly bombarded with things and we don't often even know when we're tired or, Mm. you know, what our own emotions are. But if you can be in tune with that and say, okay, I'm hungry right now. I'm going to go eat or I'm actually tired. Let's just go lie down. Mm -hmm. Knowing what it is that you need and actually following through with it and giving yourself that is my definition of self-care. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's giving voice to whatever Uh you need in that moment paying attention to what you need in that moment and then fulfilling that promise saying, uh-huh. I'm going to give you what you need. Uh-huh. You need a little bit of rest. Okay. You, you need a hug from Michael. Like, go get it. Right. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's true, right? Like the, I love how you articulated that. There's almost something very democratic about it. Right. Cause you're giving voice. Cause I loved how you said mind, body, spirit. To me, I pictured a chorus or a choir and all singing all at once and you listening to all the different levels in mm-hmm. some ways. So I really love that idea of how you frame self-care as being able to kind of fulfill your needs and then following through on that promise to fulfill that, uh-huh. those needs. So I don't know if you have any like follow-up or feedback or. Oh, no, I that. just like that. She incorporated like being mindful and the spirit. Like I just, she encapsulated it all. Like she <laughs> How do you think self-care relates to activism? I know that we had talked about that in 310.5, like in our social justice collection for this season, when I had kind of made the distinction that self-care and activism, activism is hard work and we Uh need to replenish ourselves along the way. And it's okay to replenish ourselves because you can't be fighting the good fight every day. I was kind of curious about what you thought about that. Mm, me okay so yes activism is many things right I feel like there are many ways that you can be an activist I may not necessarily consider myself personally as an activist or at least not one that's like Mm. visible like on the front lines being super vocal Mm -hmm. and that's speaking of listening to oneself I realized when I did try to pursue that kind of like avenue of activism it really took a toll on me mentally Mm -hmm. and you know like in my body and my mind and I was like wow like this isn't actually for me and so um, my activism is more like connecting with a person one-on-one being loving and kind within my friends and my family and my child and taking those like smaller, smaller steps or like, you know, smaller ripples, I guess, Mm -hmm. in every space that I walk into. And so we, as people who might be activists or healers in in a sense, are very giving, like we are always giving and constantly giving parenting, you know, Mm -hmm. partners, 
we're giving energy and exchanging energies so often and so much that exactly like you said, Jesse, you have to replenish your cup. Otherwise yeah. there's nothing left of you to give and you're not going to be your highest self. You you can't be <laughs> you can't be a good person if you haven't cared for yourself. So no matter what your level of activism is, if you aren't able to provide for yourself and care for yourself, give yourself nourishment, replenish your own needs, recharge your battery, then your activism is almost like, it's almost, it's almost like a waste. You aren't giving the best self out there. So yeah, I just feel like it's really important. I so wholeheartedly agree with you on that, that I think activism is two types of work or two types of labor, emotional labor and caring labor. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. some might say that caring labor is underneath all of that too, but I think it does drain us. It naturally just drains us because we're doing something that's passionate and then our heart needs to be really refueled, replenished in Uh so many ways. Sigs, what do you think in terms of like what we've been talking about here in terms of the relationship between self-care and activism? I know that we talked a bit about it. We that, talked about it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it sort of feels into something my mom had said and, and, and what you've said too, you know, it takes energy to stand for a cause, a belief, and then for yourself. So if you don't focus on like replenishing your cup, you don't replenish that energy, like how can you continue to stand for those things? So right. I, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly agree with what you say about being able to be be out there and have that energy to keep yourself, keep on going. So it's it's just taking that time for it. Now, I know, Sigs, you had very different ideas of self-care back in the 20s, right? I know, to, exactly. To where you are today. I literally thought it was a, like spa day and maybe buying something expensive for you. But once you get older and be a professional <laughs> and a father and get married, you're basically broke, right? So, yes. Or grown up as, <laughs> as we grow up. And you say this, and I'm just, I'm warning you, Miley, in your 40s, you still feel like you're like a 17-year-old, but right now I'm I'm a grown up. Right now, I always think of it, it's like I'm really taking a beat. I'm breathing on my own time and I'm trying to hear myself take that needed Mm. breath. And it's just like how you had said, you know, being mindful of your spirit, body and soul. Like it's just, especially right now, right guys, like during Mm -hmm. pandemic and working from home and seeing social injustices and seeing all that stuff. I think it's just, it's very important that self-care should be a topic conversation. It's in our Instagram feeds. It's in our articles we read. It's preached out at work in the public service. They're talking about self-care and mm-hmm. they'll take time out in their days and checking in with people. So it's au courant. And I think it'll be like that for the future, right? Because the new normal mm-hmm. from working at home. So mm-hmm. yeah. You know now that spa days doesn't necessarily constitute <laughs> self-care or isn't oh, self-care. No. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> but that raises a really good question. What isn't self-care? Me first? Yeah, 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 yeah. In all honesty, I think it's like extremes, right? You can misconstrue self-care as an excuse to splurge or, I don't know, like binge drink for a whole weekend and eat my <laughs> stomach and it's, it's fun. And I'm just like cheering it up. And I'm not condemning anyone that wants to have like a drink or a leisure drink or wants to, you know, exercise their right to do that. But when it goes into excess or an excuse that, oh, no, I can do this because of this, or I'm going to like fill my plate up so much with so much sugar that you become pre-diabetic. I think it's just that excess of self-care where really sometimes it's very simple. And I think the three of us have highlighted it with the Instagram stories. It is something simple. Sometimes it's just taking a walk or it's just like, wow, what a beautiful sun we had today on 13 Uh degrees here in Ottawa, Mm, right? Where you're like, that fresh air, or I think my wife left the window open and I was rushing the kids stuff upstairs at the end of the day. And I'm like, what's that smell? 
Mm. I was like, it's it's spring. I'm like, it smells great. <laughs> and how much energy? And I'm all like, guess what? March 14th is. It's time to spring forward our clocks. Like yes. there was that excitement. And yes. from there was that recharge of like, oh, I get to enjoy the sun more. And it's sometimes just those little moments that build up to self-care. Even though, let's be honest, if I could call self-care, you know, a day at Lenore Deke, <laughs> yeah. I would, I would, I would <laughs> during better times. I guess it's that extremities. But what are your thoughts on what isn't self-care? I think what isn't self-care is someone else's self-care. What I mean by that oh. is mm. there might be someone out there that it indeed a bubble bath or a spa day is indeed their form of self-care and replenishes their heart. True. But that doesn't mean that that works for me. I can tell you in my early 20s, I used to kind of look at other people and think, oh, that's what I need to do for self-care. Because I've been thinking about this since then. Mm -hmm. And trying to figure out, well, what is actually self-care? And realizing that the way that person does self-care is not the way that I do self-care. Michael loves to knit for self-care. And I I don't have that type of dexterity like him. And so (laughs) it doesn't feel like self-care. It feels like an exercise in stress management, right? Because it's kind of like, this is really stressful. I keep dropping a stitch and Michael's like oh it's really easy you just have to take care of the tension and then move it to the left and then that's how you pearl and it's like I'm not ever doing this ever again this causes more stress than anything else and so just learn that self-care is individual and personal if it does it for me then it does it for me and the important thing is not necessarily proselytizing it and saying you have to do this Uh for it to constitute self-care and I think the minute it becomes prescriptive and I think that's really the word that I'm looking for that's when it's not self-care. Someone else is prescripting for you what you should be doing, then that Uh can't be self-care in some ways. What about you, Mylene? What Uh do you think is not (laughs) self-care? I feel like both of you articulated this very well, and I definitely echo both of your Mm. thoughts. So I don't know if I have too much to add other than just, you know, saying like, having to force yourself or even not paying attention to Mm. when you need self-care is Mm. not self-care. Right. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So not having awareness Mm. is, I think that that's really important. And like what we had talked about earlier, there is so much constant bombardment in this world to not pay attention to yourself, that Uh it's easy to lose sight of things and why we sometimes do need these reminders of like, Hey, take a breath or, hey, do something for yourself or, hey, you know, do this. Uh uh How do you guys prioritize self-care? Me? Okay. Uh, (laughs) How I prioritize self-care? Well, I will be perfectly honest that it has taken me some time Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Uh learn to actively carve out space for myself Mm. without guilt. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure that we do this and as parents too, where mm-hmm. we just don't allow ourselves the space. But recently, and um, I was telling one of my best friends this because I was sharing with her that I've been doing yoga and mm-hmm. I wasn't really ever like a yoga from home type of person. And I would make these excuses like, well, I'm not going to do yoga because, you know, the house isn't clean or my kids running around and the house around me or things are happening all around me. And just for some reason during this pandemic, I just decided I'm just going to roll up the mat. I don't care what's happening, but I'm doing yoga. Mm. I don't care if someone's running around or (laughs) there's pots and pans (laughs) banging. I released myself of the expectation of Mm. what it should be. Wonderful. So (laughs) I definitely 
carve that time out and work through my own feelings and processes on the mat. So that's definitely one way that I'm taking that self-care and that time for self-care and then making sure that I'm blocking off time, even if it is five minutes, one minute, Mm -hmm. 10 minutes, looking out the window and noticing, oh, wow, like the sun is out or like today when I was walking with my child, it was like, Mm I'm sure you remember this. So when the snow is melting on mm-hmm. the curves and then the water's going underneath and you can jump on the ice <laughs> and it <cracks>. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly, yes. Yeah. It's like so satisfying. I was going to so say we exactly doing- that. It's a satisfying <laughs> sound, isn't it? Right? It's so crack. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. So those little things. Yeah. Just really claiming that time for myself and saying, you know, I deserve this. I'm going to take it. I don't care. And I'm not going to guilty. Mm. Amen. Giving yourself permission. And I really like how you (laughs) framed it as carving it out. It is interesting. Like when we get stressed, self-care strategies start to go out the window. But I think to myself, we actually need them more than ever. When you're stressed, Mm -hmm. we need those self-care strategies that much more. Sigs, how about you? How do you prioritize it? I know you started to hint at it. I think I don't make it daunting to myself anymore. Sometimes it's the smallest action. When I keep uh-huh. on thinking, I really need to carve out like half an hour. Well, sometimes it isn't half an hour, like Mylene said. It's sometimes it's just observance and taking that enjoyment. So I mm. think I'm just reminded of the small things. It doesn't have to be a big issue. Like Mylene said, look outside the weather. I just need to make sure that I do carve out that time for that moment to sort out my thoughts, appreciate myself and like that space that I take up. Some days it could be like an hour. Some days it could be 20 minutes. Sometimes it could be five. But I just need to make sure that it's it's routine and that I make space for it. You know, I was reading a study on mindfulness and Mm -hmm. mindfulness meditation. And they looked at it in terms of like, is there benefits if you do it for 30 minutes at a time versus an hour meditation versus 20 minutes versus five minutes versus two minutes? And what they found was all you need is two minutes of mindfulness a day right? And that's enough to actually shift your mood over the long term. And so it's kind of like what you're both saying that, you know, it doesn't have to be a 30 minute extravaganza, right? Or an hour long (laughs) workout. It's like, did I get to work out? Did I appreciate the raindrops today? All you need is two minutes of it. So get whatever time you can get that day that constitutes a self-care. I think for me, what helps in prioritizing is if I can ritualize things, which is really kind Uh of coming up to my fixing of the week. But I would say what you both are saying are also fixings of the week as well, that I think if you can ritualize your self-care regimen, whatever that might be, like whether it's mindfulness eating, whether it's actually going for a walk, whether it's, you know, diaphragmatic breathing, whatever the strategy is that works for you. If you find a consistent time to do it regularly, so whether that's a weekly practice, a daily practice, a monthly practice, once you have a ritual, it's easier to do and harder to abandon. And I think especially during stressful times, like what I said, sometimes it's easy to just get rid of these self-care strategies when actually, in fact, that's when we need them the most. I say stick to those rituals is really what the fixing of the week is. So I don't know if you guys have, I'm so glad that you do. So I don't know if there's anything else that you guys have to add before we kind of have you take us out, Sigs. I think I like a lot of the the conversation we had today and bringing up those points and the Instagram 
accounts that we should follow. And it is a pleasure to have you back, Mylene, mm. with us. We really, I'm so glad that you came back. We were, <laughs> we we're virtually talking and yeah. being able to fold in the freight and just hearing about your stories and what you've been up to. It's, it's really great to connect with you during this time. Well, thank you for having me. It's actually really nice to see you, Siggy, because I missed you last time. Mm-hmm. And of course, you, Jesse. Yes. Lovely to see you both. You're going to have to come back on for like season four now. Oh, you know you're coming back on. <laughs> it's just, just understood. Okay. But I would like to, to lay it out. Can you please share with our listeners like your handles on Instagram, websites that people can learn more about you, what you do, the business that you run and about Firegrove Studios? Please share with our listeners and we'll put them in the show notes. Folks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So you can follow me on my personal Instagram. I am Mylene. M-A-I-L-Y-N-E. And then my business is uh, actually Kill Lem Media and then Firegrove Studio. So there are a few other ones, but those are the main ones that you can go and find me on. Everything's linked there. So if you want to go to my website and see my art or you want to go see my business and see my business work, you can definitely connect with me on Instagram. So Thank you so much. Money, no, tell us about your not-for-profits. I know you've been posting it on your thing and I love hearing about it. What were the not-for-profits that you're linked to? Yeah, okay, thank you. In Our Tongues is yep. at In Our Tongues. We actually have a writing workshop, which you probably won't be posting about, but we do have one with Living Hyphen coming up. Mm. And oh my God, then, amazing. Yeah, That's amazing, you yes. Can wel- you're welcome to join. Oh my gosh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, March 20th. And then the other one is Art in Action Ottawa. So that we provide free art workshops to basically support mental wellness in the community and primarily to those who are facing barriers. So amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Folks, if you have any comments or questions or want to know more from us or you want to share some Instagram accounts that you follow about wellness, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at hollowhollowpop, our handle is, and on Instagram at hollowhollowpopculture. The Hollow Hollow podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Rate us, leave a review. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Badian. Our musical theme is by Chell Turingen. We'll see all of you guys again real soon. Bye. Thank you. See you soon.